You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 242, Coalesque. Hosted by Dan Terry. You can buy beer pretty much anywhere in Missouri. Jeff Kane. I was imbibing alcohol, legally. And Joseph Wren. Sometimes you just gotta be ridiculous. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if your blue-collared lullaby comes with a six-pack, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Guys, are you you guys ready to talk about our boys from Kansas City? Yeah, it's about fucking time. That's all I'm going to say. Jeff has been laying in wait, ready to talk about this band for almost five years. Um, Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I lived in KC when they were big, so yeah, kind of exciting for me. Kind of exciting. I think this band is outrageously (laughs) exciting. Uh, I don't care how tired you are, Jeff. You're not going to... You're not going to drag me down this time. Coalesque is, is, is probably one of the best bands in this genre, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I may be saying their name wrong. I just want to throw that out, you know, before everybody asks me. And it's like, dude, you're the biggest idiot in the world. Why would you call them that? I don't know. I just decided that that the last letter, the, the, or the second to last letter of the C in Coalesque is, is a hard C. And uh, I'm just sticking with that. So uh, if I'm wrong, you know, I'm sure you guys will have no problem letting me know. Yeah, but I will tell you something. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. Let me tell you one thing. This band is outrageously influential to most of the bands that I listen to today. You know, Norma Jean, yeah, they borrowed a lot from Coalesque. A lot. Right down to the vocal style, the dissonant guitar riffing, the pure noise of this band, the unrelenting brutality in places. And these guys are really good about getting in, jumping in the pocket, and then getting right out. There's no messing around with these guys. There's no dancing around with, with these guys. And uh, they are absolutely one of the best bands in the entire world. And now that I've said my final thought, <laughs> uh, I guess we can start the episode. There's a certain chaos to classic Norma Jean converge where you just throw the whole band down the stairs. Forget about throwing the drums down the stairs at the end of the song. We're just going to jump and see where we land. And that's a song. Coalesce has that, but it's a little more controlled at times. I do think a lot of bands borrowed from this style. It's a really good bass layer for what would become chaotic hardcore or metalcore in the early 2000s, what we all found first. But this is the original as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they're one of them. I mean, what, Botch, I guess, came out a little earlier? Uh, Botch came out around the same time. Okay. Uh, I actually just did a video that may or may not involve uh, Coalesque and Botch. So, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you'll have that, give me a link to that. that in the show notes, there, dude. Uh, whenever it's done, it's not. Uh, it's still. It's still uh, very, very raw. I'm gonna have to have somebody smarter than me go in and kind of spruce it up a little bit. But, uh, but yeah. So I mean, uh, we're talking around the same time. We're talking this era where you had heavy bands like this they're mixing they're mixing metal riffs with hardcore riffs which is nothing new you know hardcore vocals but this is where the bands start going in kind of this more mathy sort of direction this kind of like dead guy converge dillinger escape plan sort of sound and coalesque is one of the first bands that like really 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 took that and ran with it like really um really popularized the style even though i think that the band is in the shadow of what metalcore became uh in the 2000s i feel like bands like coalesce kind of got kind of got forgotten yeah i would say it's more like um 
when you're talking about like um, mathcore or uh, you know chaotic metalcore and stuff like that, your favorite band in that genre, their favorite band is Coalesce. That's kind of how I look at it. So you know, it's kind of like when you're like, well, it's grunge. I'm like, well, your favorite grunge band's favorite band is Mudhoney or something. You know, some, <laughs> you know, sure, you know yeah, stuff, or the Melvins, it, yeah, yeah, or the Melvins, or you know, you know, even to a certain extent, the Meat Puppets, stuff like that. So that's that's kind of how I look at it. Uh, you know, so I don't really. Um, it's a shame that they don't get the uh, accolades uh, from the mainstream, but the people who give a shit about you know this type of music that are really deeply invested know exactly who they are and know exactly how important they are to metal uh and they will continue to make sure that you know their name lives on so i you know does it suck that you know not the not the whole world knows about it yeah but it's nice to know that the people that that are supposed to give a shit do give a shit and we do know that this band will keep on living on just because you know just like we said it's your it's your favorite band's favorite band kind of thing and that's what makes it cool. Uh, and I, and I, I, I hope that, you know, us doing this episode will kind of get to open some people's eyes because, you know, listening to Coalesce and then you go back and you listen to your favorite band, you're going to go, holy shit, they really were influenced by this band. Because they're like like Dan said, it, it's it's incountable. Uh, you know, the well, maybe it's not. But I mean, we're talking you know, an obscene amount of bands that you can trace uh, pretty much in a straight line uh, all the way back to, to Coalesce. So that's what makes it super cool to be able to cover this this group uh, on this episode. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Before the Chariot told us about what happened before there was Atlanta, you had Coalesce. So good. Are, are we ready to get into it? No. Joe's going to make us read comments. <laughs> well, before Dan tells us if the music paid the rent, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Hey, we really love our five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. We love your reviews, your comments, whatever you guys have to say. Keep them coming. If you are using a podcast app that allows you to rate the podcast in some way, shape, or form, I would highly encourage you to do that because uh, we'll actually read it on the show uh, pretty much no matter what you say. Unless you say like a whole bunch of words that Joe's going to bleep out. So uh, be careful <laughs> on that. Uh, over on YouTube, we actually got a comment uh, on our episode 217, Cephalic Carnage. And uh, this is from Jessery. He says, I just stumbled across this episode and I'm pretty psyched to see that other people still appreciate these guys. Never listened to you all before, but I'm only a few minutes in and I've already added like five more episodes to the queue. Cheers. Well, we very much hope you enjoy the other five episodes that you listen to, <laughs> and uh, we, we very much appreciate it. Yeah, uh, that was actually one of my favorite episodes, uh, more recent episodes. That was a yeah, fun band to do. Absolutely. Um, over on Twitter, the Bearserker <laughs> commented, Berserker. Uh, Loving the podcast. It's nice to hear actual discussion of the harder stuff that isn't just commenting on how heavy it is. Keep it up. If you're taking requests, the Berserker... I kind of saw that recommendation coming <laughs> and uh dear uh dear and gray would be awesome episodes uh we will put them on the list uh i can't guarantee you it's going to happen anytime soon but 
we will absolutely try our best to get to everybody over time. The hard part is that there's like literally hundreds of bands forming every minute of every day. <laughs> and you never know when one of them's going to like really take off. So uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to keep, uh, we're going to keep fighting the good fight as long as we can. Think of it as job security. You're always going to have bands to talk about. Always. Always. I know you'll be at my show. Wait, that's not. Oh, wait. So we're going to <laughs> hold on. We're going to talk about MGK. Oh, boy. So, Dan, tell me about Coalesque. Coalesque was an American metalcore band. They are from Kansas City, Missouri. They started off in 1994. They are largely considered to be pioneers of mathcore. Uh, that's like where you're listening to hardcore music, but you could add really, really good uh, and subtract <laughs> and do long division. Real Coalesce quick, does, four plus does four. What division. is it? Eight. Good job. And I'm listening to and I'm listening to hardcore. If I wasn't, then I, I wouldn't know. Uh, mathcore really just describes kind of more uh, more. I, I use it as a catch-all for just chaotic techie bands. Uh, band, bands that play, you know, highly intricate music that maybe just sounds like noise uh, to untrained ears. And sometimes sometimes it sounds like noise to trained ears. <laughs> it's really <laughs> uh, it's really what you're what you're trying to get out of it, I guess. Uh, Coalesce is, is just one of those bands that, you know, like Botch that we mentioned and Dead Guy uh, and even stuff like Dillinger Escape Plan that came, you know, a little bit later. Uh, they were really pushing a style here, a style that I feel like more or less got ignored as time went on as far as metalcore goes. I mean, there's still there still are like math core and chaos core and, uh, you know, peanut butter and jelly core, or, you know, bands out there. But I do think that like these guys were pioneering in that I feel like a lot of bands for a lot of years and continue to still borrow very heavily uh, from bands like Coalesce. Where did this band start for you, Jeff? Honestly, the EP, the self-titled EP. That was uh, my first exposure to them. And I uh, was listening to them and uh, what will end up being my album of the week. Uh, if you're watching the video, you kind of get a hint on my uh, three-letter name on who my band of the uh, the week will be. <laughs> but the, uh, it, the, uh, the whole thing was is that it was... Uh, it was something new to me. Loved the hardcore vocals. I, actually, I actually prefer Sean's earlier vocals. I know I'm probably in the minority on that. I think a lot of people liked his old, his later stuff. But I, I feel actually like the liked, higher pitch stuff. Yeah, I actually liked yeah. his higher pitch stuff quite a bit. I was, uh, I was, I, I don't know what it was. It just something kind of magnet. Uh, it just had this magnet magnetic effect. You know, I just you know, I was really drawn to it. Um, I don't know what it was. It, it just kind of cut through everything else with, with that higher pitch. It literally just cut through the dissonance. And I think that's kind of what made it cool for me is that it was this, you know, this whole chaotic math core, metal core feel with, you know, the, uh, well, the EP is more hardcore than it is anything else. But I, I don't know what it was. It just kind of drew me to it, and uh, I've, I've been hooked ever since. Yeah, I don't think that there's a, you know, that they would have been a full-fledged, you know, metal core, or uh, math core uh, band with a with a seven inch. So you're talking about you're talking about the the 1994. EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that how far back you listened to it? Uh, I think it was 90. Well, when did um. It's when Point Essential Volume Two came out, so that's ninety-five or ninety-six is the first time I listened to the EP. Okay, so you would that, that would have put you in your like mid forties. Yeah, like that. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's actually what, what drew it, drew it to uh, drew me to it is the band that's going to my album of the week. Uh, a friend of mine showed me that, and uh, they're like, "If you like this, but you want to go a little harder, why don't you check out Coalesce? This EP is fucking insane." 
And okay. I checked it out and I've been hooked ever since. There you have it, folks. We talked about an EP. Um, <laughs> we just we just slid it in there. Now, I also want to take this time out. Speaking of EPs, I want to take this time out just to say that I understand that Coalesce has, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six EPs. And we're only tonight we're only talking about four full length albums. Yeah, don't um, forget about the five splits too. So I yeah, there's a lot of splits. Uh obviously we're looking we're looking at a situation here where that where a good portion of the band's recorded material was in EPs. Um, if you want to hear us talk about the EPs, let us know. Let us know in the comments. Send us an email, danandjoeshow@gmail.com. Let us know if that's something that you guys want. And if you want us to do that, we would be happy to provide that as an extra bonus episode on the Patreon, uh, the Patreon page. So uh, look out for that. Let us know if, that, if that's what you want. I'm not going to do the work if you guys don't want it, <laughs> I guess, is, is, is what I'm getting at. I think it's 1997, and it's time to give them rope. <laughs> I'd be glad to. So uh, you didn't ask me; you only asked Joe. But my introduction to Coalesce was uh, was this album, "Give Them Rope," and um, I didn't hear this until way after I heard way newer bands that had kind of copied off of what Coalesce had done. So it's funny whenever you listen to "Give Them Rope" now, um, you can appreciate it for how great it is—the um, masterful kind of ebb and flow of these dissonant riffs. And, um, you know, you've got Sean Ingram's deeper vocals. He, he, at this point, has shifted away from the earlier material where he screamed in a more high-pitched register, and he's now very, very deep. And one of the reasons I, I really, really like this, I like the vocal performance on this record is, um, you know, I, I talked for, like, I don't know, something like seven hours about uh, Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child by uh, Norma Jean. And I always loved Josh's vocals on that record. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, dude, that vocal style is not unique. He just literally just lifted the vocal style from Sean Ingram. <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, the hell you say. You don't, you don't say anything bad about my record that I like so much. I, I'm very angry. I resemble that remark. I'm very angry. Uh, and so I ended up, uh, I ended up, you know, putting "Give Them Rope" on my list, and I, I did get to eventually buy it at a, at a used store, UCD store. Um, and I got to say, uh, I mean, I was blown away. Obviously, this was more of what I like, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I, I am sad that I'm a little bit of a poser in this, and that you know, I didn't hear this until probably I don't know, like mid 2005, 2006, sometime around there. Uh, and so it was hard for me to appreciate how influential it actually was. But it is really hard to um, it's hard to quantify the fact that you were listening to a record that sounds like this. If you just handed me Give Them Rope and said this record came out in 1997, I would not believe you. Yeah, you'd, you'd call bullshit on that one. A hundred percent. I'd be like, bands did not sound like this in 1997. Oh, but they did. And then I would I would I would then discover bands like Botch and Dead Guy and and realize that like, oh, okay, so this has been going on a lot longer than I <laughs> than I had anticipated. Uh, and I'm fine with it. Uh, as a record, there are songs on this record that absolutely that I absolutely love. Um, specifically like Chain Smoking, uh, which is the which is track six, one of my favorite Cole S songs. Uh, did it pay the rent? You know, another amazing. What I like about the about this album in particular is that it's probably I don't know if it's their longest, but it's a decent. Kind of weird, weird thing to say out of context. It's a decent length. Uh, I like that. Uh, I like that you're 38 minutes. Coalesce is really good about like just getting in there, 
pounding your skull in and then and then kind of backing out and uh the whole package just comes together really really well for me if you if you like stuff like norma jean or the chariot or spitfire or you know or even stuff like dillinger escape plan or botch i mean if you're listening to botch already you're probably already listening to coalesce but what i'm trying to say is if you're into this type of music this is a great, great, great album to get for the collection. And just try to listen to it with the perspective of uh, of 1997. And an interesting side note, and I'll let someone else talk, uh, is that uh, this record was reissued, uh, I believe, in 2004. Yep. And uh, no, no, not, not it was reissued in 2004. It was also remastered in 2011. And the guy that remastered it is a guy that we have had on the show, uh, and that is Reed Otto. At the time, he was in a band called Tetelestai. We talked to him about metalcore and chaotic hardcore, and we, we you know, talked about all kinds of bands like this. <laughs> and uh, it was a good conversation, and it's really cool. Um, his, uh, his remaster is top-notch. Uh, it sounds good, and it keeps the original vibe in mind. And he didn't just go in and just turn everything up, you know? I'd be curious to be able to find that... Um the 2011 re-release because that's a two disc set yes and uh i've never seen it in the wild i mean i i've seen pictures of it on the internet obviously but i'd i'd love to get my hands on that i, I guess that's all i'm saying i'm i want to be greedy <laughs> maybe we should see maybe we should maybe i should see if reed has one <laughs> has has an extra copy of it yeah i mean dude i'd be fucking stoked are you kidding uh yeah this was the the only thing that i that i can really say that uh that there's not a whole lot of negatives there's only one little uh, like one minute track uh you know the uh, i am not the first i think it's the only thing that's like a real short like little filler thing but yeah i mean th- this is just it's what you expect from your your favorite you know really in just brutal metalcore band and then you realize you know oh wait Maybe this should be my favorite metalcore band, you know, at least when it comes to like the, the more technical, you know, mathcore, chaotic, you know, metalcore aspects of it. These guys just, they don't disappoint and it's, uh, it's always exciting to, to listen to it and it's, it's pretty cool to, uh, be able to, to cover it. But yeah, it, for me, I mean, it, Ingram's voice is still a little bit on, on the higher side on this. It hasn't gone, uh, it's still, I think it's actually a little more, I think this is probably the most brutal that it is on everything, it is on this album. And maybe that's just the, I listened to the original production value. It just made it sound maybe a little more underground and just raw, but I, I fucking loved it. And uh, I, I really, I do need to check out the, the remaster just so I can see what the difference is. I'm, I'm actually really, really curious to, to see because I still have the old stuff and that's what I've been jamming. I even though I got a newer car, it still has a CD player. And I it I'm I've I looked, it's amazing how many cars don't have CD players anymore. But uh I, I'm so I'm so stoked to be able to play it in the car because I, I have about a 40 minute drive to work and about an hour drive home because uh 270 traffic sucks. And it's it's a perfect time to put on stuff like uh like give them rope because that's essentially what I do with for all the idiots that are on 270 in front of me. I'm just like, go ahead, just fucking hang yourself. Just don't kill right. me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's seriously what I thought this past week while 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 driving and listening to this. I was just like, yep, I'm gonna give you guys some rope. Perspective is definitely what I had to use when listening to this album. I saw many a hardcore trope. You have the typewriter typeface on the cover. The song titles run together and create a long run-on sentence, which is something 
that you would see for quite a while, at least on individual albums. I think this band does it throughout the entire discography. But I love how clean it sounds. For an underground hardcore record, it's very clean. It's leveled very well. Is there a complaint? Yes. Yes, there is. You can't understand what he's saying most of the time. But it's that low, hardcore, barking growl that you want when you're listening to this type of music. So does this album have flaws? In retrospect, I think Coalesce set the standard that everybody built off of and made room for a Norma Jean or The Chariot where the vocals are more front and center. But I think this band's goal was to create that wall of hardcore energy, and they succeed. Yeah, you must listen to like the remaster because the original I have is... It, it's it's pretty fucking brutal uh, and uh, <laughs> it, it's really brutal and i love it because of that it's not uh it's not real clean at all uh, so I, I guess he did a really good job if he cleaned it up uh, like i said i'm very curious to see what the the difference is between the two and it sounds like there might be a fair amount of it the remastered version that's on streaming services sounds significantly better than my cd oh, okay uh, if that makes sense and uh yeah and that's not that's not usually my experience usually the cd for me is the gold standard you know but uh yeah when i listened to it on streaming you know when i was at work uh yeah i found it to actually sound a lot cleaner than what i had you know okay but, well yeah, I, 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 I need to listen to it then i i didn't so when I have a CD, I, I always I always spin the CD before I'll, I'll I'll stream it. Good job, Jeff. Way to buy physical media all over again, <laughs> <laughs> dude. No, dude. I I've had that CD for like twenty something years, so <laughs> I just haven't gotten rid of it. Nineteen ninety eight, functioning on impatience. Wow, I feel personally attacked. Uh, like I say, this explains a lot about Dan now. Yeah, it really does. Uh, I feel attacked. I feel attacked in a really good way, though, because uh, I love this record. And this is funny because, like, for all intents and purposes, this album should be an EP. It is 20 minutes long and only has seven tracks, uh, but it is considered by most people universally to be a full length. So congratulations, yep. Coalesce. You have successfully hacked our formula. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was going to say, and because of that, we get this uh, album and a shout out one of my favorite songs of all time, and that's Measured in Gray. Oh, yeah, yeah. Measured, so, yeah, oh, yeah. Measured so, in Gray is great. Yep. So I was like, okay, I, I actually get to talk <laughs> about a song that I like. That doesn't always happen with, when it comes to convert. I was, I was actually kind of worried. When we were going to do this, because I was like, man, there's so much stuff that they have out there. But um, I, I'm I'm happy to say that this is uh, this is a long play. And the other thing that's really cool. I don't have you guys seen the 2008 re-release vinyl? Yeah, it's got the rib cage like. Cut yeah, out yeah, yeah, it's, really, it's really cool. Really, it really cool. cool. And I don't I have do that not, vinyl. So, yeah, I don't. If you want to give it to me for Christmas. No, I don't have that one either. And and I don't I'm actually afraid to ask how much that one's going for. It's probably just an obscene amount of money. What I love about this album <laughs> is that it is uh, so quick and to the point, you know, hence the whole impatience uh, <laughs> sort, sort of angle. Um, you can't kill us all is probably one of the best openers, um, and would kind of define what you would get again from later bands where you start off with just the solo vocal, you know, uh, which I think is just super cool. Just him screaming, 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 um, you know, and then the music just like slowly comes in. Like he's just screaming. Then you hear the, you hear, start hearing the drums and then everything kicks in. And like, what I like about this album is that it has a, 
kind of a swirling vortex sort of feel to it that they were going for on uh, Give Them Rope. But this one, just the everything just seems a little bit, I don't even want to use the word tighter because I don't know if tightness necessarily describes it, but um, everything just seems a little bit more intentional uh, than it did on the last album. They, they create like kind of better moods. I mean, the, the mood is mostly just angry, but you have more like atmospheric bits in there, like reoccurring ache of, you know, and it just, it sets a mood. It sets a mood better than I think than give them rope. And so it's a step forward while the band really hasn't changed all that much between releases. I'm feeling more of that laid back punk style energy that comes from these classic hardcore bands on this one. The stage is the same as give them rope. I'm hearing all of the tricks that bands would rip off for years to come, but they're still laid back. It's a very balanced record. It shouldn't be as balanced as it is. I can hear what the chariot would eventually turn up, make louder, and bring more energy to. This was 23 minutes of pay attention. We're going to get you through whatever emotional hurdle you're currently jumping over. And at the end, you're going to feel better about it. I think this band succeeds at that more often than not. It is only 23 minutes, though, so it's the American no, Standards this one's, formula. <laughs> yeah, this, one's, this one's 20 minutes. I was yeah. trying to give it some credit, Jeff. <laughs> well, why well, only say that? Because the next one is 23 minutes. Yeah. Is it time? Yeah. I guess so. I wish there was more to say about it. Um, I just, yeah, this, uh, it's so quick. It's such just such a punch in the face. You don't even know <laughs> what happened. Yeah, I, and I liked it because I got to listen to this discography like eight times this week, you know, so it was, it was, it was a lot of fun kind of in that respect. Yeah. I mean, the, their, their albums are like the, you know, like a knockout artist. I mean, they're in there to get you out in the first round and just, and then go home. They're not there to win on points. They're there to kick your ass and <laughs> get their bonus check and, 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 and get the fuck out. And I think that's part of the reason why we like them so much is because, I mean, that's kind of their thing. And uh, we like that that's their thing. So is this 12 seconds or 12 minute revolution in just listening? I think it's just 12 seconds, but I could be wrong about that. Or 12 days or, you know, 12 months. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Um, I will tell you this, though. This is a weird release because even at this point, Coalesce had been kind of touring quite a bit. Yeah, like nonstop. And yeah, like they were trying to like really get their name out there. But I guess and I don't really know what the full story to this is. Um, speaking of stories, you can go listen to the As the Story Grows episode with Sean Ingram, uh, where he talks about a lot of stuff. Uh, Ooh, very cool. Yeah. I haven't listened to it in a while, so I can't remember exactly everything that was said, but I'll probably listen to it tonight before I before I go to sleep. And uh, this was actually released after the band had broke up. They decided to break up um, after the last album, or basically like after they were done recording this. Or no, I guess so... If I remember correctly, I believe that they had toured a lot. They had decided to break up, but in order to fulfill their contract to Hydrahead, uh, they went ahead and just did the album anyway. Although I think this one came out on Relapse. Relapse. So it came out on both. Yeah. It came out on Hydrahead and Relapse. Well, the Hydrahead was for the... I thought that was the reissue. You might be right on that. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Fact-checking in real time. Because <laughs> that's how we roll. Uh, but yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, cause I, if I remember correctly, like they just like did this in like a week or some ridiculous short amount of time. They're like, yep. Okay. Here it is. We'll write our parts done recorded over the weekend. Here you go. We're done. Cause I think that's kind of how it went. It, it, was it not? I mean, it was just a real, real, real quick turnaround on this one. 
Yeah, I mean they they basically like their van like like they their van broke down and they just decided to break break up. <laughs> you know, uh which, you know, is kind of understandable. I mean, especially back then, you know, and um yeah, they were they were just done, but I got to give them I, I got to give them um some credit just because like for a record that they basically just like put together in a weekend over a weekend, it is amazingly consistent with their previous material. Like they did a they did a good job with it, and uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you just by listening to it. Like, oh, they just threw this crap together. I'm going to have a theme for the next two episodes. We've been listening to a lot of bands lately that are the polar opposite of something else that we've been listening to, and this record, for some reason, struck me as anti hum. Maybe I was listening to the newest hum record and loving it for what it is, that classic dirgy rock sound. And then I listen to this and it's kind of the opposite of that. It definitely sounds like a simplified version of the previous records, but it's still consistent like you said. It's not as much dirge or attack or energy. It sounds like everybody in the band knows what their job is, so they just go in the room and do it. But they don't give time for the ideas to develop or the energy to build up. They're playing it like it doesn't matter to me. I don't hate the record, but these songs sound meaningless in the grand scheme of the discography. I was going to say, actually, my curiosity on this release was that uh, Relapse Records originally uh, said that this was an EP. And I'm wondering, did they do that because this was supposed to be the final album in the contract? And since it was an EP, they would still have to put out another. I need to listen. In other words, we all need to go after this episode. We All of us need to go listen to As the Story Grows so we can uh, find out, you know, if there was a, a little, you know, you know, under the table politics by relapse to try to make it where they uh, uh, coalesce still had to do another album. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah, I'm, I am. I am also. I don't remember if they talked about that or not. Like I said, I haven't listened to it since it came out. It was a couple of years ago. But uh, is it one? Did Brian do it with them, or was this with Travis? Uh, this is Travis. Okay, it was one of one of Travis's last interviews. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think that like it's really impressive for being thrown together the way that it was. And I understand. I of all people understand why the label released it as an EP uh, because it was so short. Right. And and they just felt like okay, let's just get this disc out. Um, and then that was pretty much it uh, for Coalesce for a long time. So like by the time I had heard the band, the next record hadn't even come out, and it didn't even look like there was going to be a next record. Two thousand and nine, Ox. So this is very interesting because everything that we've heard from Coalesce up to this point has been, you know, had that kind of 90s dirt all over it, <laughs> you know, uh, which is not a bad thing. We, we enjoy the hell out of some 90s dirt uh, on this show. Uh, so it's interesting hearing Coalesce playing what they play. I think musically they're on par with their, with their old stuff. I think Ox is a masterpiece. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it, good. It is absolutely incredible. And it sounds so good. It sounds so clean. It, it's got that nice 2009 production to it. And it's interesting hearing Coalesce in 2009, number one, staying true to their roots and not sounding like every other band that was out there at the time, which I wouldn't have expected them to. But it's interesting hearing Coalesce less after this sort of music kind of had had its heyday and, and had been a thing for a while. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised when it came out. Number one, I didn't realize they were ever going to do anything again. Uh, number two, I didn't realize how good it was going to be. So I yeah. mean, it, 
It was a, it was like a double-edged sword in, in the, the best ways possible. It was such a, a, a pleasant surprise. And uh, I, I don't, again, uh, I think I've already, I've already stated it. You know, I prefer, you know, Sean's earlier vocals. And that's just because I like that style. But the way that, the, like you said, the production value, it, it makes it fit really, really well here. I think it's such a, uh, an inclusive sound. Uh, and I really do, really do like it for, for, for what it is. And I think part of it is just, um, I got attached to the early stuff. You know, that's just kind of how, you know, things go sometimes, you know, you, you kind of get used to a particular style. And, you know, I do like it when people, you know, you know, go in different directions, but this one, uh, is really good, but I just still, I just can't help myself. I end up always harkening back to the really early stuff. And every time that I listen to Coalesce when I'm not doing, <laughs> A podcast. I always end up going back to the early stuff, and and this is, I don't know what it is. It's not like it's bad. It's fantastic. It's 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 damn near what what Dan said, and that's a masterpiece. But there's just something weird uh, in it for me. There's just that I don't know. It just doesn't feel quite as primal to me. Maybe that's it. I don't I don't know what it is. I, I really can't put my finger on it because it's not like it's it's bad music. It's actually really fantastic music but i always end up going backwards uh when i listen to this one i'm in the same place there's something this band does that is very unique that works but it's 10 steps lower on the decibel level than their imitators i don't know what works for this band when it comes to the dynamics and the atmosphere that they create you're welcome jeff <laughs> It's like we're making hardcore music for people that want to chill out for 20 minutes. That shouldn't work, but it works. I think the chill out part of it has to do with there. This does have a little bit more sense of atmosphere to it. If you listen to a song like The Comedian in Question, there's some nice cleans kind of being being laid down. Um, I'm not really with you guys on, on this one as far as like saying that there's something weird about it because like this is 100% par for the chorus coalesce, in my opinion. Um, and to be honest with you guys, I definitely spent more time with this record than I had. You know, I, I've had it since it came out, you know, and, and, and listened to it very frequently. Um, I like the weird, kind of the more weird stuff on it, like Wild Ox Moan is cool with its like twangy, you know, faux country sort of sort of intro. Um, I don't know. Th this record just has a little bit more has a little bit more charm to it. You know, some weird some weird musical interludes like. It's like this collection of ideas that maybe they've had kind of brewing around for a while. And I think had the band continued and not broken up, you know, after uh, after their third record, um, I think that I think they would have eventually gone here. I think it's a natural progression for the band. And as far as their imitators being 10 decibels higher, you know, you can always just turn that that volume knob up, Joe. You can always <laughs> just yeah, you can just turn it up as loud as it goes and and blow your speakers. It's not yeah. about um, volume; it's about intent. It's about intensity. Uh, I don't even think it's that for me on this. I, I don't have a good explanation. It just gives me a, a hankering for the for old school coalesce. I mean, maybe that maybe I should look at that as if that's a compliment to this album. Not every band, you know, 10 years later can release something that makes you want to go, yeah, I dig these guys. I want to go listen to the stuff that I used to listen to when I was a teenager. I mean, because that's really what this album makes me want to go do. So, I mean, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I just think it's a different thing. Uh, that's probably the best way to put it. I'll admit that maybe the sound isn't quite as immediate 
or uh, you know, to use a bad pun, like uh, it's not as impatient, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, um, it, it, it it it's a little bit longer. It, it stretches its legs out. It takes a little bit more time. But I do feel like if Ox had come out in you know 2001, like nothing ever happened. I feel like this would be considered to be an all-time masterpiece uh, of a record, uh, which is what I consider it to be for the most part. It's 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 definitely my favorite uh, Coalesce record. Final thoughts on Coalesce, Jeff. It's one of my first early metal bands, actually. Uh, one of the first ones that I really got into that wasn't like Bay Area thrash or the you know Florida death metal. So for me, this was uh, uh, kind of like a uh, you know the, the shining crown of achievement because for me it was really fucking cool that they were from the Midwest. On top of that, that just that made me like them even more. Uh, and when I I used to when I was in college, uh, I spent a lot of time in the Casey and Lawrence area. Uh, I went to went to school in Emporia State, which is in the Bermuda's Triangle of of Kansas. If you want to look that up, it's God awful. God save your soul if you do look it up. But no, it it was just, I it made me have a special connection to them because the fact that it was something that was so pronounced and so cool and it was from my home state, that just made me like it even more. And uh, so, yeah, for me, it's just, it's got a, this band's got a, you know, a little uh, cheesy special place in my heart just because it was the first real metal band uh, that I really got into that was from the Midwest. And to me, that was just really fucking cool. Damn, what about you? If it weren't for Coalesce, there wouldn't be bands out there that were influential for me. You wouldn't have Norma Jean as we know them now. You wouldn't have, uh, you wouldn't have The Chariot. Um, and those are bands that I loved. Yeah, because, you know, yeah, I, I did. I grew up in Christian rock, uh, which is actually an interesting tidbit that I'm going to wrap into my final thought. Uh, there was actually talks of Coalesce signing to Solid State Records at one point, uh, which would have been interesting having Coalesce on like a Christian metal label. Um, but, you know, every now and again, they did reach out. If you guys remember Frotus, uh, Frotus was signed to Tooth and Nail Records and they weren't like a Christian rock band. So I, I think it could have been interesting seeing Coalesce on the uh, on the solid state lineup. Um, but I do think that this band is something that you need to experience, even if you think that newer bands that play the style are better. You're welcome to think that. But I think but you're, you're going to be really surprised. Yeah, but you're wrong. Uh, but I think you're going to be really surprised when you do hear it as to how well-developed the sound was back in the, back in the mid to late nineties. There is something unique about this band. I think it's the groundwork or the foundation that would eventually become chaotic hardcore as we know it from the early two thousands, that sprint of Norma Jean, the chariot, all the bands that wanted to play 23, 24, 30-minute sets and have their song titles make one long sentence that has nothing to do with any of the songs. The randomness in presentation, the evidence shows me this band started that, or they were at least there early enough to be part of that foundation, to be part of that groundwork. So while you might not hear the same type of intensity that you're used to, this band was very influential in a scene that you love. So you definitely need to listen to Coalesce. This isn't your grandpa or your uncle telling you that the music in the 60s was the best it could possibly be. This is, you love hardcore, you need to listen to Coalesce. Damn, what's your album of the week? 
my album of the week, uh, for whatever reason, I've been back on this Limp Biscuit kick. I know, I know, but I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with uh, Significant Other by Limp Biscuit. You just, you just gotta, you gotta sometime. I mean, you don't have to, but, but I do. Jeff, what about you? Well, I kind of hinted at it earlier. Uh, my crossover band to get to Coalesce is actually Fragile Porcelain Mice. And they're actually from our hometown of St. Louis. And they are a uh, punk rock slash math rock uh, band. So essentially, they are the mainstream version of Coalesce. I mean, to be honest with you, that they're just a slowed down, cleaner sounding. But you still got some really crazy, weird hardcore vocals it's just it's not as fast and i love it and it's a it's amigo de fuego by fragile porcelain mice and i strongly strongly recommend uh people listen to it uh their discography uh, you know their stuff in the mid i'm um, the early and mid 90s is just it, it was light years ahead of time i mean you listen to it now and it for me like that in, in frostbiting is just classic and i i wish that uh, i wish they had made it bigger but i know they did a lot of stuff in kc around the same time coalesce did and that was kind of one of my other crossovers too you know it was kind of cool after i moved to kc i got to hear you know fpm and that's their nickname for fragile porcelain mice and, and same time i'm here in coalesce so for me it was super cool i was so stoked to do this episode today just because i kind of got to bridge that gap and tell a you know a grandpa story of of how i got to you know <laughs> know the band well props to me for spelling amigo de fuego correctly without looking it up hey somebody paid attention in spanish class i'm gonna go the complete opposite direction of whatever you guys have going on my album of the week is the reverend peyton's big damn band so delicious you want to hear three people make some ballsy bluegrass slide blues country Go listen to this band. It's not what you're expecting. Just sounds like dirt. I love it. What does it kind of give you like a John Spencer's Blues Explosion kind of feel? Or We just came to raise a little hell, Jeff. Didn't you know? All right. I'll have to check it out. Take us out, DFT. If you guys like this podcast and you have suggestions for us or bands that you'd like for us to talk about, we've got this gigantic list that we're making of hopefully at some point every band on the face of the earth. Uh, and we're going to keep doing that until probably we die or, or something along those lines. So if you want to suggest a band, we are absolutely going to uh, put that on our list and we will consider each band for coverage. And uh, if you guys have anything else, reach out to us, Dan and Joe show at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can find us on Instagram, at Discuss Metal. And, uh, you know, that's usually the best way to reach out to us, but the best, best way to reach out to us is to join our Discord server. The Discord server is awake and alive 24 hours a day, seven days a week, unless Discord were to go down for some reason. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you right to our Discord server. And uh, if you want to get some sweet discography discussion merch, make sure to check out the Teespring link that is also down in those show notes. And we will talk to you guys next time. And on that note, this has been episode 242 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. 
we have some sweet perks. Give me your money. $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. 